Everybody, live just that. that. That's better. That's a lot better. Welcome, 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 welcome to 
truth or odyssey where we seek truth in a world full of disinformation and indoctrination lots of ground to cover uh, I always say this uh, I don't want to be on here too long but more than likely it's going to go longer than I want it because I get deep in the rabbit hole and I start losing my my mind uh, before we get into the stuff uh, that uh, to cover uh, first foremost the audio version has grown we got to you who are you know the audio only listeners I want to say thank you for listening to the truth or odyssey to the bit shoot audience thank you for watching on bit shoot i am still unable to do anything on youtube and i think it's a act of divine intervention that i'm able to really do anything on facebook but probably not for much longer so if you watch this broadcast for free on Facebook, you need to start and, and you enjoy Truth or Odyssey. You need to start making some plans to uh, going over the bit shoot for the video content or you know, downloading Spotify or Anchor.fm or the Anchor app to keep informed with, with what I'm putting out, the content I'm putting out. So you got uh, a means of listening to it by audio and you can start prepping yourself and getting familiar with BitChute, which uh, a lot of your favorite truthers who keep getting uh, dinged on uh, on YouTube for uh, you know, going against the community guidelines. Uh, and they told me uh, I was only banned for a week, and it's actually been over uh, over a week. So that's nice. Uh, I'm almost wondering if it's even worth getting back on YouTube. The bit shoots on fire. It's doing pretty well. Uh, and so to you who listen to the audio, to you who watch the videos on BitChute, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And please, I challenge you, audio listeners, BitChute watchers, please share this content. People need to know the truth. I mean, that's what this whole show is about, is the truth. <laughs> Matter of fact, I need to have him send it to me. My, my dad showed me a video. And there's this guy, I, I, I'm assuming he's at a lumberyard. He's filming. Just look. 
I mean, there's lumber all around. Tons of lumber. Stock full. Oh, yeah, there's a lumber shortage, all right. No lumber to buy. It's all gone. There's a shortage on lumber. And then, then that's when my dad goes, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know what's true anymore. And that's the purpose of this program, of these broadcasts, of these videos, of this audio content. This is Truth or Odyssey, where we seek the truth in a world full of disinformation and, and indoctrination. Uh, that being said, you remember the episode, the broadcast that we did of uh, the leap towards humanity's destruction, and which about welcome leap, and what was it, Regina Dugan, who used to work for DARPA and whatnot. We never did finish that article, and we we really need to though. Uh, I mean, I finished reading it. I just didn't finish reading it on a broadcast. And yesterday, in Alex Jones' broadcast yesterday, there's a video from Greg Reese where he's talking about it. But I'm like... Greg Reese is talking about the same company but with a different agenda. And, and the way I I picked it up, I mean, both, both outcomes, both agendas are nefarious. That's not what I was getting from Whitney Webb's article on it. Matter of fact, let's, I'm going to show it to you. Show you what Greg Reese actually said while we're at it I get too carried away. Hold up. I know how to get this. Right there. I'm probably going to need... Um, there it is. I just put in you, and it's taking me up the web browser. I just typed later you. Took me right back to that story, that article, A Leap Towards Humanity's Destruction by Whitney Webb, who is amazing, by the way. That's the one we want. Video title 
if you go to like uh band.video or free world free world news tv which videos titled this is the end and it has a upside down flag on it which is a signal of distress for you who don't know that i learned that from my my dad so it's not unpatriotic it's it's a cry for help so i want to show you what greg reese says and then we're going to finish reading i guess finish reading whitney webb's articles i also want to get more into the vaccines and uh stuff on voter fraud but like i said remember this is a show about seeking truth in a world full of disinformation and indoctrination and i said from the get-go buy some out bullshit or you're spewing something on the contrary i'm gonna call it out as soon as i heard this video from greg reese i'm like yeah 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 huh Where are you getting that information from, Greg Reese? I Whitney Webb to me is one of the most greatest, one of the best investigators. Period. So here we go. Here we go. One, something wrong with me. Two, nothing wrong with me. Three, nothing wrong with me. Oh. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let me. I want you to hear it nice and clear. Oh, that's not what I want. Over here. All this, because, you know, we're, we're underground, independent. Pirate radio punk rock up in this truth or odyssey. Here we go. Three, two. Can you see it? Ah, yeah, you can see it. So three, two, one. As far as the public was concerned, the Nazis may have lost the war, but their ideology has continued to spread ever since. Following World War II came the United Nations, mass fluoridation of the water supply, the dumbing down of the education system, postmodernism, political correctness, and the war on drugs. For many, this has gone unnoticed. The Nazis became the pop culture model of fascism. Black leather and jack boots became the symbols of authoritarianism. Huh. Fascism could now hide itself behind a smile in a suit and a tie. The majority had no idea of the global fascist state being slowly installed behind the scenes. And now it's here. COVID was just the beginning of their endgame. The same private corporations and NGOs that planned and executed the COVID hoax are now preparing the next phase. We can soon expect a massive cyber attack. We all know, but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, 
transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison. The World Economic Forum, who sponsored tabletop simulations for COVID just weeks before the outbreak, are now doing the same for cyber attacks, which will be the reset button needed for their great reset. And when the grid goes down, it will take banking and shipping down with it, killing millions in the overcrowded cities. Those with a survival instinct will leave the cities, which is why the Rural Domestic Preparedness Consortium, a part of Homeland Security and FEMA, is currently training for the isolation and quarantine of rural communities. After the Great Reset, we know how they plan to build back better. Two key agents of the Great Reset, Regina Dugan and Ken Gabriel, both worked for DARPA, greenlit RNA vaccine research in 2012, and then went on to Google and Facebook where they set up DARPA equivalents. In 2018, they joined Welcome Leap, founded by the world's richest medical research foundation. Their stated goal to be completed no later than 2030 is to have 80% of all children under the age of three monitored 24 seven with wearable devices that will read their brain patterns. Specifically, focusing on keeping the individual motivated to work. They plan to have an in silico model of a child's brain to be used as the model brain that all infants will be molded to via therapeutic interventions. Like slaves in a dystopian sci-fi movie. But this is not a movie, and it's no longer See, a conspiracy theory. That sounds like it's speculation. All right. The entire world is under attack, with seemingly no pushback. And if we don't push back, then it's all over. And we have nobody to blame but ourselves. For InfoWars.com, this is Greg Reese. All right, there's that. Well, we got that, right? Now, let's actually go to Whitney Webb's story. Let's see if it's actually to mold the future brains. That's, that's not what I was getting from it at all. He, he, he was showing you only certain pieces of it. Neglecting the whole transhumanist agenda. So this is the part of the article Whitney Webb's report. Transhumanist toddlers. The second program to be pursued by Welcome League is called the first 1,000 days promoting healthy brain networks, which is which is abbreviated as 1KD by the organization. It is arguably the most unsettling program because it seeks to use young children, specifically infants from three months to three years old, three year old toddlers as its test subjects. The program 
is being overseen by Holly Baines, who previously served as strategy development lead for the Welcome Trust before joining Welcome Leap as the first as the 1KD program leader. Promoting healthy brain networks. The 1KD is focused on developing objective, scalable ways to access a child's cognitive health by monitoring the brain development and function of infants and toddlers, allowing practitioners to risk stratify children and predict responses to interventions in developing the brain. The program description document notes that up to this point in history, our primary window into the developing brain has been neuroimaging techniques and animal models, which can help identify quantitative biomarkers or neural network health and characterizes network differences underlying behaviors. It then states that advances in technology are opening additional possibilities in young infants. The program description goes on to say that artificial neural networks, a form of AI, have demonstrated the viability of modeling network, pruning process, and the acquisition of complex behaviors in much the same way as a developing brain while improvements in machine learning, another subset of AI, can now be used to extract meaningful signals from the brains of infants and young children. The algorithms can be used to develop intervention for young children deemed by other algorithms to be in danger of having underdeveloped brain function. The document goes on to note the promise of low-cost mobile sensors, wearables, and home-based systems in providing a new opportunity to assess the influence, to assess the influence and dependency of brain development on natural, physical, and social interactions. In other words, this program seeks to use conscious visual and audio recordings in the home, spying, as well as wearable devices on children to collect millions upon millions of data points. Harvesting data, right? Welcome Leap describes these wearables as relatively unobtrusive, scalable electronic badges and collect visual, auditory, and motion data, as well as interactive features such as turn-taking, pacing, and reaction types. Elsewhere in the document, there is a call to develop wearable sensors that assess, which assesses physiological measure predictive of brain health, e.g. electrodermal activity, 
respiratory rate, and heart rate. And wireless, wearable, EEG, or eye tracking technology for use in infants and children three and under. Like other Welcome Leak programs, this technology is being developed with the intention of making it mainstream in medical science within the next five to ten years. Meaning that this system, although framed as a way to monitor children's brain function to improve cognitive outcomes, is a recipe for total surveillance of babies and very young children, as well as a means of, for altering their brain function as algorithms and leaps programmers see fit. 1DK has two main program goals. The first is to develop a fully integrated model and quantitative measurement tool of network development in the first 1,000 days of life, sufficient to predict EF executive function formation before a child's first birthday. Such a model, the description reads, should predict contributions of nutrition, microbiome, and the genome on brain formation as well as the effects of sensor, motor, and social interactions or lack thereof on the network pruning processes and EF outcomes. The second goal makes it clear that widespread adoption of such neurotechnological monitoring technologies in young children and infants is the end game of 1DK. It states the program plans to create scalable methods for optimizing promotion, prevention, screening, and therapeutic interventions to improve EF by at least 20% and 80% of children before the age three. True to the eugenics ties of the Welcome Trust to be explored more in depth in part two, Welcome Leaps 1DK notes that, notes that of interest are improvements in underdeveloped EF to normative or form more normative to well-developed EF across the population. Yeah, that does have a eugenics vibe to it. To deliver the broadest impact. One of the goals of 1DK is thus not treating diseases or adding a global health public challenge, but instead experimenting on the cognitive augmentations of children using means developed by AI algorithms and invasive surveillance-based technology. Another unsettling aspect of the program is to plant is to develop an in vitro 3D brain assemblyoid that replicates the time formation of a developing brain that is akin to the models developed by monitoring the brain development of infants and children. Later on, the program description calls this an in silico model of a child's brain, something of obvious interest to transhumanists who see such a development as a harbinger of the so-called singularity. Now, to you who don't know, the singularity is the event in which AI reaches human intelligence and surpasses it. Soon as it becomes conscious, like you and I, 
it will surpass us. Beyond that, it appears that this in silico and the synthetic model of the brain is planned to be used as the model to which infant and children brains are shaped by the therapeutic interventions mentioned elsewhere in the program description. It should be clear how sinister it is that an organization that brings together the worst mad scientist impulses of both the NGO and military research worlds is openly planning to conduct such experiments on the brains of babies and toddlers, viewing them as data sets and their brains as something to be pruned by machine intelligence, allowing such a program to advance unimpeded without pushback from the public would mean permitting a dangerous agenda targeting society's youngest and most vulnerable members to potentially advance to a point where it is difficult to stop. Oh, time machine. The third and second recent program to welcome to join the welcome leap lineup is called Delta Tissue abbreviated by the organization as the Pyramid T. Delta Tissue claims to create a platform that monitors changes in human tissue function and interaction in real time obsistently to explain the status of a disease in each person and better predict how that disease would progress, referring to this platform as a tissue time machine. Welcome Leap sees Delta Tissue as being able to predict the onset of disease before it occurs, while also allowing for medical intervention that are targeted to the individual. <laughs> well, before the COVID era, precision medicine or medicine targeted targeted or tailored to the individual has been a code phrase for treatment based on patients genetic and or for treatments that alter your new nucleic acid e.g. DNA and RNA function itself for instance the US government defines precision medicine as an emerging approach for disease treatment Prevention that takes into account individual variability in genes, environments, and lifestyle for each person. Similar, a 2018 paper published in Technology Notes that in oncology, precision and personalized medicine fosters the development of specialized treatments for each specific subtype of cancer based on measurement manipulation to keep patient genetic and omnic data transcriptomatics metabolics and proetomics etc prior to the COVID-19 and the vaccine rollout the mRNA vaccine technology used by DARPA funded companies Moderna and Pfizer were targeted as being precision medicine treatment and were largely referred to as gene therapies in medical reports. 
They were also promoted heavily as a revolutionary method to, of treating cancer, making it unsurprising that the Delta Tissue Program at Welcome Leap would use a similar justification to develop a program that aims to, uh, aims to offer tailored gene therapies to people before the onset of a disease. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. Well, that's just fascinating stuff. These shady motherfuckers. All of them. <sighs> what else to cover? Okay. We read this story from the defender real quick. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Hope you can see it. There we go. Hello. Woman with life altering injuries after COVID vaccine teams up with U.S. Senators to demand answers. Brianne Dresden, who accumulated more than $250,000 in medical bills after practicing participating in AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine clinical trials, is collaborating with two U.S. senators to get help for others injured by COVID vaccines. A Utah woman and two U.S. senators are teaming up to get answers from federal health agencies about life-altering injuries people have experienced after a COVID vaccine. Brianne Dresden, a preschool teacher from Utah who was injured after participating in AstraZeneca's COVID, COVID vaccine clinical trial in November 2020. Holy shit. They were already jabbing people then. She has accumulated, I guess he was present then, Trump. She has accumulated more than $250,000 in medical bills as a result of injuries she believed were caused by the vaccine. Dresden said within one hour of being vaccinated, she had tingling down her arm. By the time she got home, her vision was blurry and doubled. Her sensitivity became so severe that she had to wear earmuffs and sunglasses all the time. That's when things took a turn for the worse. Things progressed quickly. Dresden said she experienced neurological decline, and no one could explain why. After a neurological scan, 
Doctors said it looked as if she had multiple multiple cirrhosis MS. According to Mayo Clinic, MS is a potentially disabling disease of the brain and spinal cord where the immune system attacks the protective sheath, the mayline, that covers nerve fibers and causes communication problems between the brain and the rest of the body. That doesn't sound pleasant at all. Dresden lost the use of her legs as the symptoms worsened after running several MRIs, CT scans, and lumbar punctures. Doctors still had no answer, ABC4 News reported. Dresden said she spent months teaching herself how to walk, eat, and form sentences again, all while she traveled in search for answers. The hospital didn't know what was going on. None of the neurologists that I saw knew what was going on, Dresden said. I called the test clinic several times. And they had no idea what was going on. Dresden spoke with others who are dealing with the same symptoms after getting vaccinated, and she wants people injured by COVID vaccines to get help. I want the CDC to do the right thing and communicate with the medical community so these people can get help, Dresden said. I want people to be able to have the full picture so they can make an informed decision. But that's not what they want. Dresden, along with other people who said they were injured by vaccines, repeatedly ignored by the medical community, participated late last month in a news conference held by Senator Ron Johnson, Republican of Wisconsin. <laughs> Here's a tweet from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. at Sen Ron Johnson, plus former Green Bay Packers, Ken Rediger's held press conference with families who want to be seen, heard, and believed by medical community after suffering adverse reactions to COVID vaccines. Mm -hmm. Following the news conference, Johnson and Utah Senator Mike Lee wrote a letter to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, stating the agencies had ignored requests for assistance and answers from families injured by COVID vaccines. The senator wrote, the very existence of these infirmities is financially, physically, and emotionally Delimitating for the afflicted individuals and their families. Debilitating. I let me correct that. These individuals have previously expressed to both CDC Director Walensky and Food and Drug Administrator Administration Acting Commissioner Woodcock that they desire answers and assistance thus far. The requests have been ignored or gone with a substantive response, without a substantive response. Lee and Johnson said widespread lack of acknowledgement of adverse events following a recipe of a COVID vaccine has made it nearly impossible for some individuals to obtain the medical treatment they need. And the risk must be disclosed to the medical community and general public. If any of the COVID vaccines truly cause adverse events, 
of the severity noted above, even in a small percentage of cases, these risks must be disclosed, particularly to the medical community, to that healthcare professionals, so that healthcare professionals are properly informed and may provide necessary treatment, care, and information to the general public as they weigh and risk the benefits of being vaccinated, the senator wrote. In the letter, Lee and Johnson asked the FDA and CDC about the adverse events suffering during clinical trials disclosed in the FDA's emergency use authorization, authorization memorandum for the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines, as well as reported injuries from the U.S. AstraZeneca trial. Lee and Johnson asked whether the CDC is working with physicians and researchers at the FDA, National Institute of Health, or other medical research bodies to provide the various individuals who experience adverse effects, vaccine treatment, and care. According to most recent various data between December 14, 2020 and July 2, 2021, a total of 438,441 total adverse events were reported to bears, including 9,048 deaths, what, and including 41,015 serious injuries. Obtaining federal compensation for COVID vaccine injuries is rare. As the Defender reported July 8th, people facing huge medical bills are being injured by a COVID vaccine, have few options beyond what their own health insurance covers because a federal law shields vaccine makers from a liability. Wow. The National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1968, passed by Ronald Reagan, and U.S. Supreme Court decision in Russell Bertswitz Al V. While et al. guaranteed vaccine manufacturers, doctors, and other vaccine administrators have almost no legal accountability or financial liability in civil court when a government recommends or mandates a vaccine that causes permanent injury or death. 2005, Congress passed the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, PrEP, which authorizes the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, to issue a declaration providing immunity from tort liability for claims of loss caused by medical countermeasures, e.g. vaccines, drugs, products, against diseases or other threats of public health emergencies. In February 4th, 2020, HHS invoked the PrEP Act when it declared COVID-19 to be a public health emergency on January. So in 2005, it was passed. That was under George W. Bush. W. It wasn't me. I was fighting terrorists. W. Simpatico. To be a public health emergency on January 21st, HHS amended the act extending 
the liability shale to include additional categories of qualified persons authorized to prescribe, dispense, and administer COVID-19 vaccines authorized by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. In exchange for immunity for vaccine makers under the PrEP Act, the federal government pledged compensation for adverse reactions to COVID treatments and vaccines through a program called the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program, SIP, run by HHS, the defender reported July 1st. Since the SIP program's inception in 2010, Obama, only 29 claims have been paid, with an average payout of around $200,000. The other 452 claims, 91.4%, were denied. 10 claims won approval, but were deemed ineligible for compensation. Only about 8% of people who applied to the SIP with vaccine injuries in the past received payouts, and there are no protections from the U.S. legal system. Wow. HHS last month agreed to post data related to the SIP thanks to an investigation by Atlanta television news station 11 Alive and affiliated to WXIA-TV for nine months. 11 Alive's investigative team reported on the lack of transparency within the SIP uh, last month. The pro- government released data on the SIP requested by 11 Live and agreed to make the data available to the public. As of July 1st, the SIP reported 1,165 claims filed. According to the website, SIP has not compensated any COVID-19 claims. Two COVID-related claims were denied because the applicant couldn't prove the countermeasure caused their injury. One claim was associated with intubation and the other the vaccine almost all the claims are still waiting to be medically reviewed i think people sometimes have a distrust in government like myself and people think the government is hiding things from them when they're not being transparent said melissa wasser with project on government oversight the public has a right to know this information especially with all the government resources being used The SIP website outlines the perimeters of the program, which provides compensation for medical expenses, lost employment income, and survivor death benefits as the payer of last resort, covering only what remains unpaid or unpayable by other third parties, such as health insurance. Under the SIP program, attorney fees are not covered, there is no court, judge, or right to appeal. Those who believe they've suffered an injury from a COVID vaccine only have one year from the date of injury to file a claim. Children's Health Defense asks anyone who has experienced an adverse reaction <laughs> to any vaccine to file a report following these three steps. Yeah. Oh, that seems about right. We're going to be wrapping this up soon, guys. 
But before we do, uh, let's cover some voter fraud. Let me get you hooked up here. Share. You guys ready for it? Why is it being weird like that? Oh, I see now. That's that's my bad. I had a computer on mute. It now appears there actually was meaningful voter fraud in Fulton County, Georgia last November. That is not a conspiracy theory. It's true. From the beginning, this show has tried to be fact-based when we talk about the 2020 election results. So here's what we know tonight, factually. At least 36 batches of mail-in ballots from the November election were double-counted in Fulton County. That's a total of more than 4,000 votes. We are witnessing a global corporate UN TRICOM operation to break the back of the United States and bring in world government and the Great Reset, which leads to a forced post-industrial world. Massive crimes against humanity are now being committed and yes, democide is the tactic being used against the people. I will cover that at the start of the next hour. And then Dan Lyman of EuropeWars.com, our main European correspondent, who's an American, and he's back with his family in the U.S., he has to in Europe, has witnessed just incredible stuff. And he can describe you the no-go zones, the forced collapse of Europe. Uh, just everywhere but Switzerland is basically a nightmare hellhole. And they've banned free speech, they've banned demonstrations, they've we're just under permanent martial law uh, using the pretext of COVID. It really is an amazing time to be alive. It's the same in every country. But the United States is so large and, and our cities are so sprawling and, and we're so decentralized. They don't have control here yet. They need us to adopt the iPhone or Droid app that is the world ID that is then a social credit score that if you don't behave and do what they say, they will then deactivate or remove some of your, quote, privileges, and that's all in the news today. But we're in a race. The people we thought were good, like Boris Johnson, turned out to be a traitor. And good people like Bolsonaro and people who overall went uh, like President Trump, saying no to the globalists calling the shots. And so now video, Tucker Carlson, shows evidence of flat-out criminal fraud, close quote, in Georgia during 2020 election. When you look at the findings of tens of thousands of ballots, hundreds and hundreds of different drop boxes, all of them, ladies and gentlemen, 100% ballots for Joe Biden. And in other cases,
increases the vast majority for Joe Biden. Georgia vote audit shows 100% of absentee ballots came in for Biden in thousands of drop boxes. New evidence reveals Georgia audit fraud and massive errors. Stunning new evidence shows audit tally sheets marked 100% for Biden. But then when you go into the ballot boxes, they're not for Biden. Organized criminal fraud. Meanwhile, Arizona Senate to hold hearing today at 10 a.m. on Arizona election fraud. It could come out as early as today or tomorrow and find the exact same thing. So what is the deep state going to do? We'll talk about that next hour, but they're going to strike back. They're never going to let us get to that midterm without a fight. We can expose what they're doing, what they're prepping. We can catch them in the act. We can stop them. But everybody better get off the fence here. We're going to lose everything if we don't stop this globalist takeover. Let's go ahead and go to part of Tucker Carlson's groundbreaking research and report last night. Except it's not true. It now appears there actually was meaningful voter fraud in Fulton County, Georgia last night. That is not a conspiracy theory. It's true. From the beginning, this show has tried to be fact-based when we talk about the 2020 election results. So here's what we know tonight, factually. At least 36 batches of mail-in ballots from the November election were double-counted in Fulton County. That's a total of more than 4,000 votes. Those numbers come from a group called Voter GA, which, along with Bob Chile, sued to get them. The final tally from the double counts we know about amounts to more than 3,300 votes for Joe Biden and 865 votes for Donald Trump. Now, before you dismiss Bob Chile and Voter GA as dishonest partisan actors, keep in mind that the strongly left of center Atlanta Journal-Constitution appears to agree with this, at least in outline. The newspaper reviewed the available digital ballot images independently and concluded that hundreds of ballots were improperly duplicated. What does that look like exactly? Well, here's what it looks like. At a press conference yesterday, a consultant with the GA called David Cross showed how we can be certain that votes in Fulton County were counted more than once. Watch. What I'm going to show you here is two ballots side by side. One of them is for Jason Shaw and it's got a little school mark next to it. You can see the identical mark on the second one. And the ballot image is stored up here on the top left. So this one over here is scanner 5162. That's scanner number three. Match number 235. Image number 19. And that matches 234, image 59. So you have the same ballot counted twice in the images and counted in the audit. How that's possible, I don't know. How's that possible? I don't know. Every American should want to know because the answer gets to the heart of the integrity of our elections, otherwise known as our democracy. We're not talking about a couple of ballots here. We're talking about a lot of ballots, at least hundreds of ballots involved enough potentially to affect the outcome of the election. Here's another example. Here's one next one. All right, so same batch, number 234, image number two, and 235, image number 61. Republican, 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 all the way down to the point where this little spot up in Fannie Willis matches this one over here. So question that that ballot was counted twice. 
So what's the explanation for this? Well, if you ask Fulton County, these discrepancies, the ones you just saw on the screen, were isolated incidents. Just a handful of bad ballots happens all the time. The county claims that any errors were caught in previous recounts. The problem is that neither one of those claims is true. Surveillance footage obtained by voter GA appears to show large numbers of ballots being scanned multiple times. Pay attention to the tape we're showing you to the woman wearing yellow at the desk. According to voter GA, she slides ballots into a scanning machine, removes the ballots, and then reinserts the same ballots. This happens multiple times. The question is, how many times were ballots counted? Was each vote counted more than once? Fulton County won't answer that question. Now, one way to know the answer would be to check what are called audit tally sheets. Tellingly, for months after the presidential election, Fulton County failed to provide more than 100,000 of those tally sheets, including 50,000 of them for mail-in ballots. When voter GA finally forced Fulton County to turn over the tally sheets, the conclusion was stunning. Here's what the audit found. Quote, Sten falsified audit tally sheets containing fabricated vote totals, for example, a batch containing 59 actual ballot images for Joe Biden and 42 for Donald Trump was reported, reported as 100 for Biden and zero for Trump. The seven batches of ballot images, 554 votes for Joe Biden, 140 votes for Donald Trump, and 11 votes for Joe Jorgensen, had tally sheets in the audit falsified to show 850 votes for Biden, zero votes for Trump, and zero votes for Jorgensen. Really? Did you just follow that? How is that not flat-out criminal fraud? We'd love to know because it certainly sounds like flat-out criminal fraud. We've obtained photographs showing what went on during the recount process for mail-in ballots in Fulton County. These pictures were taken by a whistleblower who participated in the recount. She said she noticed something odd as she did. None of the ballots she saw had any creases on them. You can see the stacks of unfolded ballots on your screen now. That's strange because, of course, mail-in ballots need to be bent in order to be mailed in. Right. Right. An envelope. And then the whistleblower noticed something else. All of the ballots, the whistleblower tells us, have been filled out by a printer, not by hand. And many of them supported the exact same candidates, Democrats, including Joe Biden. Voter GA detected a series of other apparent irregularities in the recount. The group's audit found, for example, that, quote, over 200. All right, and this goes on for like 20 minutes. The full video is at InfoWars.com and NewsWars.com. I suggest you go get it. I suggest you share it. Now, remember, the Pentagon says they're involved in what Americans can do now, and they actually say you're a terrorist if you do. Seriously, that's official. And they've announced they're reading your text messages. So you better get scared of the Secretary of Defense and scared of the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and do what they say. Now, I've got a better idea. You need to go to prison, Millie, and so do you, Austin, and Joe Biden. These people have announced Soviet-level, North Korea-level crap and are trying to implement it. And if we're such great, tough Americans, land of the free, home of the brave, we can at least get to our legislatures, our cities, and demand they take action and organize against these damn criminals. Because right now, they're just green-lit to do whatever they want. Yep. The federal government under Biden is funding convicted pedophiles to go to public schools everywhere, dressed up as clowns. Now, that sounds insane. It all is insane. They're smuggling children. Th that one church we documented in McAllen now released official numbers this week. 6,000-plus children a week being run through that one facility, and there's no background checks, no nothing. Another FBI article right here. 
where the FBI knew about pedophile rings and 70 girls raped and protected the man that raped 70 girls. That's next hour. I mean, the government is just criminal, filth, scum at the top. I mean, they are just lawless demons. Everybody else is just scared of them and backing down to them and just kissing their ass all day long. But we're not. We're not backing down. So tell everybody you know, tune in to live links from man.video and infowars.com and share them. Because the second American Revolution's now or get on your knees and kiss your ass goodbye. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, what do you think, truthers? I have, I have theories of how this 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 could play out. And it ends in bloodshed. It ends. It ends in in a battle. Because if they attempt to remove Joe Biden from office and try to reinstate Donald Trump. The libtards are going to lose their fucking minds. Tifa and Black Lives Matter will be arming up to the teeth. They're gonna, it's going to be blood in the streets. That's that's the only outcome uh, I see. For now, for this this impending <sighs> I, I hate to say what I'm about to say, but the America that I knew and love as a child, I it's dead. There's no coming back. If they try to remove Biden and Harris from their office, martial law, where terrorists, this is a terrorist attack, we're insurrectionists. I even... I didn't vote for Trump. I didn't. I voted for Joe Jorgensen. And even then, they screwed Joe Jorgensen. That's wow, wow. I mean, did you hear that? Did you catch that, guys? What Tucker Carlson said? It's mind-boggling. Okay, mind-boggling. This is going to end in a fight. The Cold Civil War is about to get hot. Oh, I need to wrap this up. I got work tomorrow. Going to do something special for Saturday. So I'm not working this Saturday. So we're going to do something special. For this, it might be a bit shoot only. 
So, like I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, because, you know, I can't do anything on YouTube and probably will never be able to do anything on YouTube again. So, Facebook is eventually going to take me down. They're eventually going to do away with my account. So, if you want the video content, you got to go to bitshoot.com. Look at my channel, Eggman765. And if, if you're still with that, you know, download the Anchor app or, you know, Spotify. Eggman, the, the Truth or Odyssey is on Spotify. It's on Google Podcasts. We are on six different podcast platforms, okay? You can get this information. And the audio listeners, uh, the BitChute watchers, the Facebook watchers, the YouTube watchers, the subscribers, please, 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 please share this content. Copy and paste the link if you have to. Well, your Facebook account's not letting me share. Copy and paste, motherfucker. Get on the computer. Look at the top of the browser bar. Copy paste. All right. Quit using the stupid app. You're addicted to it, anyways. I don't even have the app installed. I go through it on the laptop through the web browser. I have no Facebook app. Not on phone. Nothing. Nothing. Nada. Another. And like always, remember, I am the truth talker, Jacob Eggers. This is the truth or odyssey, where we seek the truth in a world full of disinformation and indoctrination. I am staying out. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Have a great night. God bless you and your families. to run out all the decent people that would be in law enforcement and, and they've been very successful.
Yeah. Mm-hmm.